Hi, I'm Emma Clark and this is Who Do You Think I Am? The podcast that brings you diary entries straight from my sound studio. So what can I tell you that I've been up to lately? Well, it's been... It's been quite a time. So I've been voicing, as usual, you know, the churn of voiceover jobs for commercials and corporate stuff and that kind of shiz has been coming in. I've also been writing electronic music, which I just bloody love it. It's using my natural organic voice, this that you're hearing, and an AI version of me and sort of blending the two so that sometimes you can't tell which is which, which is the point. And what I'm doing is I'm using the voice to create musical instrument sounds. So I'm sampling my voice and the AI voice, processing them and creating music using those samples. Top fun, I have to say. I've got supervision later at the Royal Northern College of Music where I'm a PhD student. And, excitingly, this afternoon, my amazing supervisor, Sam Salem, has booked us into Studio 8, which is this phenomenal studio. I mean, honestly, if you love audio... And if you're obsessed with speakers and microphones and how that can showcase your audio, well, you're in heaven. Honest to God, I can't wait to get in there. So I've got three bits of audio to play in and um, a lot of justifying to do. (laughs) That, I think, is the kind of structure of my supervision sessions. Telling them what I've been doing, telling them the research I've been doing, justifying all of it. (laughs) But I'm looking forward to it. I've got lots to tell him this afternoon so yeah and the other stuff that I've been doing I can't really tell you about yet nearly nearly hopefully I I, I hate doing that but it is I've been busy working on a project which hopefully will see the light of day (laughs) soonish that's all I can tell you the other thing that I did last week which my colleagues seemed to appreciate and producers also engaged with, which was really interesting. I wrote a blog piece about how voiceovers are not stupid. Now, I did it because when I explain what I do for a living as a professional voiceover, you know, I read for a living. I'm sitting in a cupboard, much as I'm doing now, talking to people that I don't know and likely won't meet all of you, regrettably. But it's a strange way to make a living. And sometimes people are utterly perplexed. I mean, I understand they don't get it. It might be bewildering to people. Why would you want to spend your life doing that? Well, it's a valid question, let me tell you. But when I first started acting, I was a kid... And I didn't realise that being a voiceover was actually a thing. I didn't know it was an actual job. And I certainly didn't think that I could ever possibly make a career out of it. And I didn't realise that being a voiceover is something that people do all day, every day, in recording studios, booths and, like I say, cupboards, up and down the country, as I say, every day. I mean, it's unusual, you have to admit, and it probably attracts unusual people. You know, let's be honest, you have to be a type 
to handle the double challenge of perpetual solitude and the trial of listening to your own voice all day. I can vouch for that. Now, there are loads of people who think that being a voiceover is really fun and it's a job with loads of variety. And yeah, it is. And then there are some people who think that being a voiceover means you're a bit... thick. Lacking in intellectual rigour. Like, reading aloud is all your brain can cope with. I've had people say, often, often they say, well, I could do that. Anybody could do that. And then (laughs) people often follow up with the classic rejoinder... It's money for old rope. And I'm never sure how to respond. Usually, and to my great shame, I laugh along with embarrassment. I've certainly done that. And then I think, well, should I challenge them and tell them just how much skill is involved in voicing an overwritten script? that you've got to fit with a tail song jingle and you've got to do it within a tenth of a second's accuracy. Should I tell them that? (laughs) And I've never dared tell them this for fear of sounding like an absolute weirdo. You know, more than I do. At a party, once it was a fireworks party, it was a fab party, but um, this bloke, who was an academic, got lumbered with me, basically. (laughs) We ended up standing next to each other and, you know, you make small talk, don't you? And he said, he asked me what I did for a living, so I told him, and he said, are you happy with that, are you, being a voiceover? I said, well, yeah, you know. He said, is that honestly the best you could do with your life? And then he said, then he said, your parents must be so proud. And then he just walked off. I thought, well, I'm not sure, because unfortunately they're both deceased. Astonishing. And I think it's true to say for any professional that does something, you know, who makes things, that they make it look easy. Actually, you don't have to just make stuff. You do stuff. You make it look easy, and that's why you're a professional at it. You know, you watch somebody chuck pizza dough around and it looks like a doddle. A hairdresser makes cutting a classic bob look simple, but I wouldn't want to be let loose on somebody's head with scissors. Yo-Yo Ma plays his cello to a packed concert hall and it looks effortless. Except it's not. It takes years of practice and experience to deliver a skill, any skill, to an iterative professional level. And some people think that being a voiceover isn't a proper job, it's just something you do on the side. I was once doing a recording session and an ad agency guy at the end of it. He said, well, now you can get back to doing the housework. As if being a pro voiceover is something a woman might dabble in while making a husband's tea, polishing a knickknacks, and doing the laundry barefoot. And I did hear that at one radio imaging conference, uh, one producer said, whatever you do, don't ask the voiceover's opinion because the voiceover knows nothing. The worst comment I've ever heard, and and this just, it chilled me to the bone when my friend told me this. A commercial producer once told him that voiceovers are like puppies and goldfish. You're all the same. It doesn't matter which one we pick. Astonishing. Astonishing. Uh, So, yeah, I wrote a blog about that and... um, 
I sort of delved into it a, a little. So if you want to check that out, then by all means go to my website. But um, I think actually when I, when I start to sort of reflect on the skills that a voiceover needs to to make a career in the audio and media business. Oh, oh my family are chatting downstairs. My son is home. Currently, he's performing in Don Quixote with the Royal Ballet at the Royal Opera House. And he's home for a couple of days, which is marvellous. But he's um, he's interacting downstairs, which, frankly, I mean, he's a teenager. I'm not used to it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the skills that a voiceover needs, I, I think the main one is emotional intelligence because you have to convey loads of different emotions. And it's very nuanced connecting the audience with a brand, a product, a service, a situation, whatever it is you're doing, you have to connect with them on an emotional level. And I think that's the most... Oh, there's the dog. Oh, it's all kicking off, isn't it? Eh? Right. I'm, um... I'm... Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what's going on downstairs, but I think I should probably go and see. Thank you very much for listening to this very brief pop-up podcast and I hope to see you again next time. Thank you very much for listening. The dog's going crackers. <laughs>